Welcome to Creative Loving Spirit, sponsored by me having a day job and fitting this in around other things. Hey gang, here we are in the smell of fresh laundry. That's right, I'm speaking to the clothes era once again. Uh, I think these things are nearly dry. Various pieces of summer wear, which regularly get sweated into. TMI, or J-E-I, just enough information. Hello listeners from far and wide. Thank you for tuning in again. Not tuning in, clicking in, tapping in again, streaming in again. Thank you for piping these ones and zeros to your precious little ears and joining me today. It's really good to get little bits of feedback from people who are listening into these podcasts. Not only because it confirms to me that there are people listening, and it's nice to have that kind of warm stroke of validation, but it's interesting to hear from people what they find especially interesting or inspiring or helpful about the conversations with uh, the creative folk that I, I'm having. As I said before, this whole thing is following my own curiosity and interest in what that sort of internal subjective experiences of making things. And I had a hunch, therefore, because I'm interested in it. Other people might be too, which is usually the way of things. Um, not that people are interested in things I'm interested in, that more generally anything that we are individually interested in is likely to be shared with someone else on the planet. So do get in touch if you can. I think you can comment. Can you comment on... Yeah, you can leave comments on iTunes or on, on SoundCloud or find me on Twitter as well. I'm Paul underscore McCauley. Um, look for me. I've got a... I have an avatar face that's multicolored and slightly disturbing. Yeah. Okay. So, ding, ding. Shall I tell you about this week's conversation? All right, then. I will. So it's between me, yeah, I know, surprise, and my good friend Tim Cook, who is a writer and producer of Theatre Things. Yeah, so I've known Tim for a few years and we've worked together an awful lot and I've had loads of really good experiences developing our work and I guess our kind of creative careers together. It's been very rewarding and exciting. And in that time, we've chatted an awful lot about where we're coming from and what we're trying to do and all that kind of thing. Still, it was nice to be able to uh, sit and hold the space to understand a bit more about Tim's own experience and history and how he's sort of come to be where he is today. We met uh, in Lewis at the depot. I don't know if you know Lewis or the depot. The depot's a fairly new um, kind of cinema, creative, hubby, brunchy, coffee, eatery place quite near the station, which I was keen to try out. And I have to say, I was impressed. Very spacious, nicely presented, good vibe about the place. Highly recommended for a cup of coffee or somewhere to go and meet people. So for our conversation, we found a little corner in a little green space uh, just over from the depot which as you'll hear from the background audio is a lively buzz of summer 
activity. All of the wind rustling and planes and children playing and birds and electrical garden equipment and all kinds of things bubbling along in the background. And it's like you're really there. That's what it'd be like you're sat in the grass with me and Tim having a chat about theatre and writing and stuff like that. Let me take you by the hand and we can go and sit in the grass together and speak with Tim. start having this conversation and they go so hey Tim introduce yourself you say I say hello I <laughs> I'm a I'm a writer and a theatre producer and I am from Sussex I like the I'm from Sussex bit it's important it's important to to my identity actually I'd Is go it? I'd go that far genuinely I mean, there's a bit of disdain, and then there's a bit of sort from of... From yourself? Yeah, I think so, but then it does, it does inform a lot, of, a lot of the identity of myself as a... I don't want to go too deep too quickly, as a writer, but, mm. but very much for my work as a producer. Okay. Oh, and why, yeah, why is that? So let's, let, let's circle around the, the depth. Why is, why is it where, where you're from or how you describe yourself kind of geographically like important to that stuff do you think? Because is, is it something you quite purposefully like put out there when you um, talk about yourself like in person or online or anything like that? You know, I think it's, it's become increasingly the case. It was, mm. I think it was because of, I think it's, I, I didn't massively, massively like where I grew up. Um, and so there was like there was a bit of like a personal battle, and mm. and I found, you know, not to say in any way that I grew up in a bad place. It was quite the opposite. It was just a place where nothing really happened, and that was my issue with it. Right. Um, and I think it took me a long time to to reconcile that um, that sort of thing. And then I, and I found that journey interesting, from sort of definitely as a writer, like what that meant to me, mm. and then. I got over that quite quickly and then it was like okay well wh what about for other people that seemed to be an interesting sort of thing um to talk to them about and and sort of other creative people you know how does that inform inform their work and so so in that sense it's something that has kind of fed more and more into my work as a producer as well oh so something you kind of well i, I recognize that thing about feeling where you are having a uh, a conflicted relationship with uh, the place you kind of grew up similarly because for me it was uh, yeah not much happened and stuff like that but then so but you've been on a journey of kind of turning that into something that you're working with and trying to push back against yeah yeah exactly work yeah working with it um taking inspiration from it but I think it's less, as I said, it's, it's been less about my 
perhaps my personal journey now rather than other people's and and sort of learning about that and what makes them unique it's, it's not always going to be about where you're from but I think a lot of a lot of work you know a lot of the sort of inspiration does come from that and it's interesting so for example mm. you know recently I started working or trying to work with writers just based in the southeast um, and give them a platform to sort of explore what that meant. Is that the voices from home? Yeah, so we, so I sort of, so there's, I wanted to create something, I guess, that was, so there's something called Voices from Home, which I produce, which is an opportunity for regional writers by regional, in this case, it's writers from the southeast, um, outside London, so not from London, um, in the home counties, um, and it's an opportunity for them to present their work and kind of also an exploration to come together and, and sort of explore what it means to come from those areas and how that sort of, you know, ha how that's perceived in their work. Um, where are the similarities? Where are the differences? And I think it's, there's a lot of sort of untapped talent in those areas. Mm. It's sort of people, because of its proximity to London, it can be sort of painted with the same kind of brush stroke of it's kind of everything's London. London and the South East. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's that's You've got London, what else thing. do you need? Exactly. Yeah. And actually that's that's not the case. There's lots of barriers to getting into London or to getting into theatre generally. Mm. Um, even for people that are, are relatively close because you know, for, from my experience there's there's not that you look outside of London in the southeast. There's there's a few theatres um, that are doing some good work, but but they're actually, in my opinion, not providing a lot of opportunities to emerging writers from those areas. So that was sort of something that I thought mm. I wanted to do something about. I kind of I I took it from the point of you know ten years ago or five years ago, what, what sort of opportunity would I be drawn to or would I want to see in the industry? Mm. Um, and so that that was kind of really how it came about. So that's quite explicitly informed by your sense of what you might have needed in the past, or what you felt like the barriers were. You definitely were relating that that came from your experience, it wasn't? Yeah, I thought it was the it was kind of you know there's so much amazing work going on in theatre mm. at the moment uh, for emerging artists, and I and I wanted to add to that conversation and provide an opportunity. Um, and so that was eventually what it came out of was was looking back at my own experience of growing up in a really sort of rural area with what I perceived to be a lack of opportunity mm. um, and then yeah turning that around and saying okay well what what can I do for other people other writers um, that would be interesting so so we the first Voices from Home was last year at the Old Red Lion Theatre and uh, we work with four fantastic writers, regional writers, put on a, a really interesting show. And um, we did, we gave them a brief, which was a one word brief. Um, it was just, they had to write a play based on the word truth. Mm. Um, and it was very, it was a really interesting one because they all, as you would probably expect, they all come up with something so, so different. But surprisingly, and to my um, sort of relief, it did work very sort of coherently mm. on the night, um, on the two nights, I should say. Um, and it was, a, yeah, it was just a really rewarding experience 
for me and I think hopefully for the writers as well so so we're coming back again um, we have um, so that was last November and we're coming back again with five new writers this November again at the Old Red Lion Theatre cool so that's coming that's later November. in the year yeah um, I'd like to just flip and go completely uh, so that's that's looking into the future let's look into the past um, so when I first met you, I first met you on the set of a short film that we both worked on, and you were there yeah. in the capacity of actor. And uh, we worked together quite a lot, and you've worn quite a few different hats in that time. Acting and writing, definitely always acting sometimes, and, and always producing as well. well. I'm kind of interested, now you describe yourself as a a writer and producer although you do have this um, history and a, a grounding in acting I'm interested what came first and how how do you understand like the journey of how those things have developed and informed the other if that's yeah it's a very yeah it's a it's a, wow um, <laughs> it's a huge question I think what came first is is an interesting one I think it, it it sort of it wasn't that I well I did literally obviously study one before the other so I think I started technically training as an actor before in a formal sense um, probably it came to me quite I think quite late so probably around 20 I started studying as an actor uh, I trained with the National Youth Theatre um, but I think in a really sort of I don't know, this is a, a vague kind of way. I, I I was already an actor and a writer and a producer in my head. Okay. Um, and how, how do you mean that in your head? Uh, like that's something that you were aiming for or you felt like, like that was the scope of things you were interested in? Was that just an idea? I think like it, it's a hard one to... I suppose there's like an aspirational element, but in my head I already felt like... I was those things, not so much producing, but I felt like obviously everyone writes to a certain extent. Mm. Um, and were and you writing at that? Stage? I was writing more, but in te I was writing more for film okay. um, and sort of prose and acting. I, I, I think I just there were things that I thought I could do, I just wasn't actually doing them. Okay. So although like I wouldn't I wouldn't have ever described myself and I had no formal training. <laughs> Um, as an actor or a writer, I'd, I knew, I felt like I, there are things that I could definitely do um, and that I wanted to do as well. And mm. so it was probably, it was just about actually doing them and learning the craft. Mm. And so, as I said, acting sort of came first. Um, and that was kind of the first, you know, the, the, it was a great, it's a great way to learn about theatre because generally because you, you get to work with so many different kinds of people um so you, you know you get to work with lots of different directors mm. you get to work with lots of different writers producers and you kind of i think well, for me i was taking in a lot more than i probably realized obviously i was i was focused on on acting and and doing different kinds of things so um but i was probably picking up a lot more than i realized but i think i think looking back it, I always wanted to be the instigator of the work um, and that kind of, it came a lot later. So 
it, you know that so I eventually trained you know at drama school yeah. and trained more formally as a writer on the Royal Court Young Writers program but I think there was still like this innate sort of desire to be the one creating the work what is it so you have this sense that um, you could do those things and you just need to learn how um, what did you see in your younger life or experience that made you go yeah that thing and I'm interested in that and I think I could do that I think it's it's one of those things that like I was I wouldn't have been that self-aware so mm. I wouldn't have thought okay you know at like 17 18 I, no. I wasn't thinking okay well I remember doing that school play when I was yeah. eight and I was pretty good in it so were there things though that inspired you or um, that you enjoyed what were those things I think I think it was a love for film yeah and and it was I didn't know it at the time, but it was working creatively with other like-minded people. But that's something with perspective I'm able to sort of look back on. Mm. And where was that happening in your life? I think probably more with family yeah. um, than, than with friends at that time. So, and it's stuff that I kind of forget now, but I was reminded at Christmas that yeah. um, by my auntie that she actually had kept a play, the first play I'd ever written, um, which was about aliens. Um, and she'd kept it, I don't know how old, I think I was probably about like eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and we'd actually staged it in the living room. We'd written it all down and I was essentially... Is this your siblings? Yeah, I was, I was directing my siblings <laughs> and also acting in it. And I, ha I and until she she brought this up this Christmas, I sort of I had no recollection of it. Right. Um, you hadn't blocked it out. I think I, I had completely <laughs> blocked it out, and it was kind of it's yeah it's an interesting one. You know, my my, my sort of my brother and sister would just say I was bossy, but I think there's other <laughs> there's other other things that obviously I did have an interest. It was kind of always there. Mm. Um, and yeah, and now it's got to this point where I'm basically just doing that. I'm just bossing people just, around. It's no longer about aliens, or at least seemingly not be. about aliens. I think it maybe. needs a rewrite before <laughs> it gets staged. So did you like, so you watched a lot of films and stuff when you like a kid like, and with your siblings as well. Did you enjoy stories and those kinds of things in some form or another? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much it's kind of linked to the, the fact of like, growing up in somewhere quite rural where there's not much going on but it's definitely that you know being transported to somewhere else mm. and I think the thing that, that drew me in the reason why I probably wanted to act was because my inspiration were were, were the actors um, mm. you know that but then you sort of that they're the ones you're drawn to initially or I was drawn to um, sort of the you know the really great actors of the 50s mm. uh, like Brando and Hepburn and James Dean and then you realize well they're only that great because of the you know in many cases the writing and so there was kind of yeah I was kind of just what artistically interested in learning about that yeah. and so I kind of yeah and when were you piecing that together like some people you hear some writers you hear talk about well it's a revelation when they first realize oh wow that film was actually written by someone someone wrote that dialogue when <laughs> yeah. 
when did you when were you sort of consciously aware it's like oh okay I could uh, I could become a part of that by learning how to write I think that did come later mm. yeah um, and I, th I felt like there's something about film that seems quite difficult to access um, and I think there's something about theatre that's more immediate so I think that journey sort of came after living in London for a while mm. um, so I moved to London to go to university and I what think were you studying at uni? so that I was studying film okay. um, at Queen Mary in East London um, and again that, that was a really in, like personal sort of interesting because it was in such where I was living was in such sort of stark contrast to growing up in rural Sussex so mm. there was a bit of a culture shock um, and then eventually, you know, I think the, the, the thing about theatre is, is the, the immediate nature of it um, and it sort of felt more accessible and I was kind of increasingly drawn to, to the work of playwrights. It seemed to be, although you could argue that, you know, there's more constraints in terms of theatre, you know, you can't perhaps do as much, it seemed that the writers were quite liberated because mm. you know you can imagine a theatre space to be anything whereas you definitely need a certain amount of budget to, to be filming aliens for example um, <laughs> and I, I, I quite liked that it felt like a form in terms of playwriting it felt like something that you know you could approach it without limits yeah. without potentially worrying about you know where's that that's never going to happen I could write you know a great screenplay but but without, you know, a certain amount of money or financing. Whereas with theatre, it felt like, you know, you could write anything, create a world, could be based anywhere, could be set over any kind of time frame. It, it kind of felt limitless. Mm. Um, and so that kind of drew me in as a writer. And so I, I think I sort of, I was, I was kind of fortunate enough to live abroad for a while after university and, and I had a bit of time, or quite a lot of time on my hands. Um, in the States where I was I was just kind of writing and still training as an actor but sort of learning the craft yeah. um, learning through doing so just to go back there so you were at university studying film and then uh, somehow playwriting and theatre kind of uh, came into focus a little bit more was that were you just exposed were you seeing plays or how did that start to yeah I think I, I saw a lot plays in, in at university and I was also in a lot of plays and I think right. I think as I said about acting is the great thing is you get exposed to it and I, I, I sort of I, I worked on quite a lot of new writing mm. as an actor and I felt that before I was really a writer myself I could sort of it's not, it wasn't necessarily a case of thought I could do it better but it was more like I, I can see how to make these plays that I'm in better mm. but obviously there's a there's a you know there's a boundary thing there <laughs> the writers you know that they, they, they don't appreciate that <laughs> it's kind of a bit of a no-no in theater, yeah it's it? definitely <laughs> so so I wouldn't necessarily say it to to the writer but I'm, I'd be thinking to myself actually this play structurally would work better if it was you know if it was done like this or you know this scene lacks um the stakes or you know it was those kind of things that were kind of instincts that were kind of kicking in mm. that kind of made me think, okay, yeah, I, I think I could, could give this a go. Yeah.
an um, imaginative childhood from the sound of it and then the <laughs> you talk about putting on plays in the living room and directing your siblings is exactly the same thing I did yeah I don't think it was about aliens but there were definitely uh, things that my parents yeah. had to sit through um, and uh, yeah it's not really much of a hop skip and a jump to uh, doing the same thing on a slightly bigger scale or whatever but you know so I got this idea that you uh, had uh, a sense um, about wanting to lead things or feeling you could lead things or yeah I think it's it's increasingly become about yeah work, yeah working in a sort of leadership capacity to to initiate projects from the sort of the initial stages mm. all the way through um, and that kind of I don't know I think it, it's happening more and more you know you reference kind of people having to wear many hats is kind of what the industry kind of on that emerging sort of scene is that that's the reality of it mm. It it's not it's you know it's that's just the nature of it you know if you want to sort of get your work out there it's in many cases it's the best way to do it and so that that you know sort of for me that that meant sort of starting a theatre company after drama school um, and it wasn't something I'd been taught how to do or been told to do but it just seemed to be the next logical thing mm. was actually that that if we weren't going to be given these opportunities as graduates then we had to create them mm. um, and obviously yeah there was a desire as a writer to to get my work produced as well so at that at that particular stage um, on the cusp of creating a theatre company perhaps with the did you have a particular piece of work in mind right you had some, it wasn't just I'm gonna start a company it was like I need a vehicle for this work or what, what was the what was driving it uh, it wasn't so much okay I've got a play I think that does happen now mm. is that you know you create you know a name of a company to, to put a play on mm. that you know I had a play but I don't think that was why the company started it was more you know, I graduated with with another actor, and we decided to to start the company um, and and put on a show. It didn't it didn't end up being the the play that we had in mind. I don't think it was a play that I'd been working on for a couple of years, and that ended up not not being not working out. And mm. so we we decided, and this this happened quite a few times, was to actually. And it sounds kind of crazy now is that we, we decided to produce some plays that I hadn't actually written yet. Um, so the first, the first play, the first production we ever did as a company was at the Brighton Festival, Brighton Fringe Festival. Um, and we, yeah, I hadn't written it, but we'd sort of said that this is the play. So, we'd, you know, I'd written the copy. Uh, written the blurb what the play would be about and we had you know an image and a name it was ab called absence and and we were you know agreed to do this show at the fringe but it you know didn't exist uh, in play script form and, and that you know with devising work that's fine but this wasn't a devised piece this was a piece which I'd said exactly what it was gonna be but I hadn't yeah. actually written it so in that particular case um, you were almost 
wearing the producer's hat saying, well, this is the show, this is what it's going to be called, and this is where it's going to happen and where it's going to be on. Then that got turned over to writer Tim, who had to quickly uh, work with that. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously if you were a producer working with a writer and they said, well, I don't actually have the play, you'd be like, right, you'd never in a million years agree to mm. stage that. But I think I chose a subject matter that I felt I could write quite quickly. Yeah. So I didn't, it wasn't a case of, okay, I know I need to research this story. It's going to take me sort of two months to do the research. And before I write anything, it was like, okay, I think I can write a play, this play that I've said I'm going to do. Yeah. I can write this in sort of two or three weeks. Yeah, you felt like you had it within you. Um, we'll come back to subject matter in a minute. It's an aeroplane flying overhead. Um, in, yeah, in just a minute. But just going back, so creating a theatre company and putting on that first play, one of the things I'm struck by in speaking to uh, a lot of people who have some creative practice and are doing things, there comes a moment when they do something like that, um, which in retrospect or could be seen as quite a bold move and I'm always interested in where you felt the self-belief comes from to do those th to do that thing because to some people oh I'm gonna start a theatre company would just feel like a huge leap I mean you yeah do you have um, you know, what experience or models do you have in your life that demonstrate to you that um, oh I can do something like this I think I think it was yeah it's a really interesting question I don't know it is kind of I don't want to say you you almost kind of have to will yourself or trick yourself into just just doing it you know you can spend from my point of view you can definitely easily think about something for a really long time or and, and get worried about what it might actually be like doing it or how hard it might be but actually the experience of doing it is a lot easier than you think mm. so I didn't spend too long thinking about it I just just wanted to, to do it um, kind of throwing yourself in at the deep end and I think that that's definitely been I don't know. There's been something that I've done throughout, you know. I thought I've, as I sort of said, I, I felt like I came to acting quite late. So even throwing myself into auditions at like 20, being untrained, or going to those, the, those kind of like, you know, auditioning for drama school, that those kind of moments, creating the theatre company, you know, producing a play, you know, I just did it because I wanted to, and. And actually, I found it easier than than all those years where I was maybe thinking about being an actor, but I wasn't actually doing it. Mm. And obviously, you learn lessons, and, and not everything's going to work out exactly how you thought it would. But that's that's just part of the process. So there's, there's something about the fear of something being greater than the act itself, and also actually doing something. Um, does that give that give must give you confidence to? say well I'm going to go and do this and then it happens then there's the confidence of realising oh I'm a person who can do this now yeah and I think it goes it comes back to that identity it, it's what became increasingly important this 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 sort of identity of you know 
it's it's a great thing to be able to say I'm an actor or I'm a writer or I'm a producer or I have a you know that that kind of thing it's sort of you grow you grow in confidence through through the doing mm. you know you can't you can't get more confident by the not doing it's impossible mm. you don't have the you know the muscle memory or or anything to like to base it on so and it's by the same token you can't get better by not doing you, at some point you have to actively do it and pursue it um so that to me is easier than than the not doing mm. better than sitting in the fear and the anxiety of it yeah, yeah. that's a horrible place oh, yeah. are there um or who are the people that you admire or have admired i mean and within sort of the field of the things that you do or, or, or outside, you know, are there any people that you kind of look towards as good examples of ways of working or achievement or anything like that? Yeah, I, th- I mean, there's there's loads. I mean, I'm, I'm really always inspired by the people I work with. Um, and I'm sort of more more interested in those people than anyone else. So I'm, I'm sort of in terms of like people you know obviously there's there's you have inspirations as a writer and there's there's a, some you know fantastic playwrights and actors out there but I'm sort of less focused on on those people um, than about the things that I can actually sort of the people that I can work with the people mm. that I can learn from um, what um, what sort of qualities or things do you admire in the people that you work with what do you really value um i think it's people that can be be open and you know people that aren't afraid to fail um people that I, i'm really like people that you know put everything into it i'm not what i i don't think i'm one of those people certainly not as an actor so i and i think a lot of my work is based on instinct so I don't prepare a lot I don't do a lot of preparation mm. um, as an actor or as a writer and I just sort of allow a, a lot on the instinct so I really I, I really appreciate people that are quite methodical in their approach mm. it's different kind of ways of working people that but yeah the, the people that really care about the work and there's a lot of them in, in the industry and I've been lucky enough to work with some really fantastic people like yourself hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting to say hear you say that you well you value people who put a lot in who really really care about it and, and um, I don't know that kind of going all in thing and although you say that that's not maybe your approach as an actor necessarily when I think about the work that you do I mean certainly from a producer standpoint I, I would that's probably something I would definitely um, use to describe you as someone who kind of goes all in and throws everything at I, I, get, I do have the impression that you're quite driven and committed to something when you've decided to focus yourself upon it does that sound true um, <laughs> yeah it probably is yeah I'm sure it is I no, I, I mean I take it very seriously my work as a producer and you, you know you you know it's, it's, it's a bit of a different thing obviously 
you can't purely rely on instinct as a producer um, mm. it's, it's not kind of how it works you can't be so in the moment um, you know you have to react to things that are happening but um, obviously it has, it's a bit more planned out mm. um, but as, as we kind of touched upon that's something that you know I learned over many years initially for that first show I was le- I was learning through instinct because I didn't know how to produce a play mm. um, and it kind of and I also I didn't really understand what a producer did and so there was this kind of naive sense of oh well anyone can be a producer it's just booking the venue um, and just putting a show on with some actors and some the technician <laughs> um, and the audience you know will hopefully have an audience yeah. um, but yeah, no, it's not that. It's not. It's not quite like that. Yeah, it's. Um, there's a bit more to it. The learning through doing things. It's, uh, that sounds to me like um, the unconscious incompetence thing. I don't know what I don't know, and actually, that's as a beginner, that's quite a gift in a way. Although you can make horrendous mistakes, you also yeah. don't put some self-limiting beliefs on yourself because you're unaware of it. So you exactly. just go and do it. Yeah. And if you did know, you know, if you, if someone sat down and said, well, you don't know all of these things, then you, you probably wouldn't do it. But luckily, <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard of a person that does that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, there's been challenges. I definitely wouldn't look back and categorize anything as a failure Mm. um because i don't think anything is a failure you know there's there's just learning opportunities and there have been some but actually that you know they might not be they might be a bit horrible in the moment they might not be but actually they're they're the kind of they are the moments where you learn the most Mm. and so you know that there was definitely there's been moments, you know, there was a time where I was producing two shows in London and there was a week a week between the two shows um, and that that was a big learning curve in terms of the amount of resources, the amount of time I could put into those shows um, as I was acting in them, both of the shows as well. And so there was, yeah, I mean, I learned lessons from that. Um, you know, valuable lessons um, that I've sort of been able to sort of put into future projects to make sure that, you know, each each project is as successful as it can be mm. and that I can be really focused on getting the most out of each, each show. Um, but then obviously, you know, if you look at, you know, acting work, it's the same kind of, you know, there's loads of moments where, you know, it's forgetting a line or it's you know there's all kinds of things that happens um and that's again that's that's the i think that's part of the attraction in theater as well is that it is that way and that it's it's kind of forgiving in a sense Mm. um that you can do that and you can learn you can just keep growing yeah yeah um are you still drawn to acting um I think, I mean, less so, at the moment, less so, but then I don't think um, I could say, you know, I'd never do it again or I'd never want to do it again because things do change. 
um, certainly in a creative sense, you, you know, it, things can change. So, so I, I think, I'm sure I will, but um, I don't know. There's definitely, I don't have the desire to at the moment. And I think the industry, I don't know, I think, I think sometimes, I don't want to get too deep, but there's like, there's, there's, I think it's necessary to be honest with yourself at some times and say, okay, well, th there's a difference between, do I want to act professionally? Do I want to make a career as an actor? Mm. Um, and do I enjoy acting? Would I like to do it again from an enjoyment perspective, professional or not? Um, at the moment, I don't have the desire to ha have a career as a professional actor. But yes, I would like to act again. Mm. Um, but do I have a stronger des desire to keep working um, as a producer um, and as a playwright and, and forge that career and make that sort of sustainable, then yes. Mm. So it sounds like that's based on a, some, some point even unconsciously you've asked yourself a question about why why would I be doing it and yeah I think it's I think I, yeah maybe more un unconsciously but then eventually you know I'm articulating it now but I think it's something that 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 you know people you know could ask themselves it's an interesting question for me to sort of pose as at least then you know, you know, you know what you're dealing with, you know, and and maybe you'll be able to enjoy it more. Mm. Um, to be honest, without the strain, like if made the decision, I'm doing this because I like to do it occasionally because I enjoy it, rather than having the pressure necessarily of need to forge a career in acting, for example. Yeah. Uh, kind of relieving yourself of that burden and just appreciating it for what it means to you. Yeah, and I think you know if you can be clear of purpose, then. Mm. You know, I feel like it, it it takes a while to form that identity. And, you know, going back to the early stages of Broken Science Theatre, you know, it was it was just doing it and there wasn't a clear sense of purpose. But then over over the years of that, you know, five years, you know, there's been become a greater sense of purpose and, yeah, greater clarity mm. over what we're trying to do. Do you think that um, that's occurred sort of organically from having just done the stuff? You, could you have arrived at that purpose from the get-go or was it necessary to be working in a more instinctive, trying to get things happening kind of way for a while? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that, that you know, comes back to my, you know, preferring to work on an instinctive kind of level. I definitely mm. considered creating a kind of manifesto for the company but that never felt right. And so if it doesn't feel right, you know, I didn't want to force mm. a manifesto that I didn't really believe in or wasn't really sure why I was creating it and that would constantly change over each show. Yeah. And it's kind of, I, there's a fine balance between, you know, limiting yourself and being clear of focus and constraining yourself too much or bit and then being too sort of scattergun. Yeah. Um, and so I'd say it took, took about two years, two and a half years of maybe slightly more of just doing the shows, doing the thing, and then actually being able to reflect on that and say, okay, well, this is this is what works well, this is what we're good at, mm. and then you can be more focused about it. Not, you know, and I think that's really different for other companies and for other creatives, maybe they can 
go in and say, okay, all of our work's going to be based on this. Um, but I think, I think at some point, for me, it seemed important to to decide on you know the purpose of the shows because otherwise, you could definitely go sort of ten years or however long without really you know being sure of why you're doing it is that in terms of what you're trying to achieve that particular show or how it's building the the company's sort of um purpose or profile or is it, is it just the experience of that thing or the more <coughs> strategic oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah i think i think um there's definitely an element of boosting the profile of the company um and being I think as a producer as well and in terms of like marketing things is is if you can't be clear if you can't articulate what it is you do and what mm. you're tr trying to do and what you want to do then you know how can you really expect an audience to engage with that so it, it sort of so initially maybe we were you know there was creating shows for our in, sort of enjoyment or to sort of progress our careers but then it became you know there's an audience development thing that occurs where you know you really want to forge an audience for that company mm. um, an identity for the company um, and it was only really through doing that that I realized that I could sort of really work with with a broader range of people and potentially that the company could offer things to other writers and opportunities um, a bit like Voices From Home that we touched on, that actually I've got a lot of enjoyment out of that, that I'm, it might have started being something just to do because I was an act, you know, graduated as an actor, but, but through all of that doing and learning that it's become something much bigger, much more meaningful than I could have originally imagined. plays that you've written have been noticeably you know in your voice but quite deliberately I think quite different from each other and I was just interested to see to understand how you've kind of thought about how you've developed your writing and um, and, and what is true for all of them you know does that make sense <laughs> like uh, yeah. yeah I think um Definitely, I I always wanted to try and be original, mm. um, but there, at the same time, there's there's just something that sort of connects all of the plays. I think so. The the originality thing is maybe quite a surface thing. So, but for me, it was giving myself a challenge to write something different each time. Mm. Um, so, and, and what do, um, by different like, is. Uh, you say surface so what kind of area are you kind of creating difference between the two I think I don't think it's thematically I think narrative wise right. you know there's there's been even in just as I said I have like a tendency to to write the the blurb for the play so to try and sum I won't write a treatment for the play and again this is I won't do a lot of planning before I write something but I will at least write 
what you'd read on you know when you you go and see a show and you just read that and you th- okay I like the sound of that show so that's what I'd be doing for myself I'd, I'd want to write uh, a synopsis I suppose of a play that I might like to see or that mm. I might like to write and I have to really be drawn to that to then write it and planning wise the most I'd do is I'd, I'd write bullet points mm. one bullet point per scene and I wouldn't go into much more detail kind of key moments or dramatic shifts those yeah, may- yeah maybe maybe not even that much maybe you know that would I'd rely on a lot of instinct again mm. and in the you know my early work that you know you're sharpening that instinct so so it's not it doesn't all come naturally basically it, it you know it's a bit messier perhaps mm. but then over time it becomes more refined and so I think I've gone from play to play trying to create a synopsis which sounds very different to the last play um, and that's to keep myself interested as a writer because um, I don't want to be doing the same thing over and over but I think that there's definitely something that ties them together mm. and similarities probably in terms of the rhythm of the dialogue um, is definitely there and the themes I think I think if it, if it's similarities and it's the rhythm and the themes probably and how would you, how do you describe the themes um... uh, I think it's it's de- it's always been about the kind of it's about language and how we use language and how we articulate things in relationships in particular um, and how we struggle to say what we really mean mm. um, and that yeah it's about exploring that and I think that that could probably sounds quite broad but you know you could apply that to all of the plays I've written mm. I think I'm trying to think back yeah um, and it maybe it's not just purely about relationships it's, a, it's in, in an ideological sense as well that language often doesn't seem strong enough um, it's not suitable for purpose so I, I'm drawn to this about you know actions being louder than words and um, but then you know both of those things have consequences and that, that sort of that kind of forms the drama I suppose mm. um, but I think in terms of originality I'm not saying I'm, I'm definitely not saying that I've reinvented you know anything it's, it's, it's kind of it could be you know with the last play Adam and Eve it was very much a case of this sounds like a very familiar story but then it's subverting the narrative and that's where the originality comes from from okay. my point of view that's where the interest is it's so I'm not saying the whole thing is original because it's called Adam and Eve obviously it's <laughs> it's not entirely original but it's 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 taking the audience on a journey or setting up these expectations and then the original aspect is how those expectations are then subverted yes. and you take the story into a place which is one that's surprising. So there's a take or a slant in, in each of those synopsis for those plays that is enough to kind of draw you into, you know, putting some time towards exploring it. Yeah. Yeah. Has it ever gone, um, have you ever been surprised? Because actually, what, okay, so what I really like about that is, um, it's quite different from my process because I just fumble around in the dark uh-huh. and then have to try and s- summarise what the play is actually about. But 
it sounds like your process has got quite a neat trick into in it in as much as you're you're heading towards something have you ever headed to have you ever tried to write something and it turned out to be something completely different to what you expected i don't i don't necessarily i don't think completely different but mm. i think the process of writing it you know you make these kind of or certainly when I say I rely on the instinct is that you're making discoveries and you're like through the process so it might not be until you've written or you know half the play and you think oh actually this is what it's about mm. even though there's the synopsis you know I find that yeah it was quite you know with Adam and Eve it was quite late on maybe that I realised there's quite a big twist in that play and I didn't I don't think I planned that twist from the you know I don't think I knew where I was taking the story um, and so you know there's a surprising element that mm. and I don't know if that's kind of a risky thing or if I just trust that I'm always going to be able to find it if I care enough about the story or finding this particular thing that I'll always find it mm. Um but I think if I've got the motivation to write the full play and to dedicate that amount of time to it, then I'm sure I'll hopefully always always find that thing. It might not be one thing, it might be lots of different things, but with with that play it was kind of, you know, I'd written, as I said, probably a lot of the play and then I suddenly realised what it was that would make everything else make sense. And so it it might not change the entire play, but it just kind of clarifies for me what the play is yeah so there's still space in that to um, go on a journey while you're writing it and find and be surprised by that yeah um, sure. if you could give your younger self some advice about getting to where you are now is there anything that you would tell him to pay attention to or be aware of I think um, just I think, I don't know if it's it's advice to get to where I am, I think just enjoy it more, um, you know, you can get so focused and so kind of serious about the whole process that <laughs> that actually it should be fun, um, and it is fun, and it's, it's great, and actually there's a lot of, you know, it's a really fortuitous position to be in, to be able to explore some of these things and to be able to sort of have your say as an artist or as a creative person so you know obviously there's there's a serious element to it but just enjoy it as well gotta enjoy it yeah that's good advice um well yeah i think we've come up to our time but thanks very much buddy for uh, a good a good conversation it's good to chat with you yeah. yeah cheers man and what a great day to do it on it is gorgeous let's go and uh, enjoy the rest of it yeah. <laughs> Cheers, bye. Coming back now, coming back now from the meadow, 
from the green space, coming back from the warm summer sun of that Saturday morning in Lewis. Back to now. Mm, welcome back. So how was that for you? What were your light bulb moments? Anything there that Tim and I spoke about which made you go, ah, yep, I hear that. Yep, or hey, that sounds like an idea. Or I never looked at it like that before. There is a continuing thread which may or may not feel useful sometimes depending on what advice you might need about just do it, man. Just do it. Just create things. And that's so obvious, isn't it? It's come up a lot before. Tim puts a new slant on that for me when he talks about the fear of anticipating doing something is usually far worse than the reality of doing it. So just go and do it. You don't gain confidence or learning by thinking or planning how to do something. You only get that through doing it. Um, <laughs> and I feel a small pang of something in myself because I certainly get in that planning, anticipating, fearful phase um, and really have to shuffle myself towards the edge before I jump off and actually start doing something. And lo and behold, it, it is a lot simpler than my fear suggested it might be. And, and I do feel good about it. So there you go. And it's nice to hear that Tim and I have a shared history of directing living room productions with a sibling cast. Uh, <laughs> uh, that tickled me. Something I really admire about Tim is his, is his ability to understand the value of what he's offering to um, the audience or the outside world. He's got a very keen sense of how to sort of pitch himself and his work out there, which when you're developing work is something really good to have in the back of your mind or even in the middle or the front of your mind, especially as you progress. You know, how is it you're going to uniquely offer yourself or um, or develop yourself in new ways in a really conscious way that seems really important if you'd like to read some of Tim's work then um, his most recent play Adam and Eve which was staged at the Hope Theatre uh, a couple of months ago um, the playtext for Adam and Eve is now available having been published uh, there's a link in the notes below and also uh, go check out the website for Broken Silence Theatre. You can follow Broken Silence Theatre and Tim himself on Twitter and various other channels. So go and check that out. Okay, well, so that's the end of episode eight in this run of conversations, which in my mind's eye I'm holding to be ten. So there's two more left to come. Who are they going to be with? We'll find out. So join us again next time. Subscribe in the meantime so you know when that is. And it'll pop into your digital world like a wonderful parcel of stuff. Okay, this is the end. I've got to open the window again. Let the noise and the air back in because it's bloody warm in this room. Have a great week and come by again. Okay, bye. <laughs>